0: Strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles.
1: Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Raid. Presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert.
2: Murray's going to score. Touchdown! Slammed to the ground by Baker! Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. ha, 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 ha. Temperature rising, vision blurring, rage taking over.
1: Here's Paul Calvisi. Get the popcorn ready. It's going to be a show. And Ron Wolfley.
2: It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury. Who
3: says there's no more Thursday night football? Forget Amazon and the big TV deal that's coming. I mean, we are the original Ron Wolfley. 52 Thursdays a year, we grind it out. And why not us? I mean, why not? If the Bengals can make their first Super Bowl since 1988. Bring it on, Paul. If 37-year-old Eric Weddle can come out of retirement two years out of the game driving his minivan around with four kids (laughs) and then lead the rams in tackles in the nfc championship game come on if patrick mahomes qbr in the first half can be 98 and in the second half this is not a typo his qbr was 1.4 yeah (laughs) then and you're darn tootin'. Paul. We can host this edition of the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford.
0: Uh, number one thought here, paulie Number one, those are some halftime adjustments right there. <laughs>
3: yes, that's they the are. definition,
0: is it not that yes. right there? Yes, dropping. <laughs> dropping. Should be the definition of halftime adjustments right there. That's that's number one and number two, paulie Did you get any of that? Amazon money? Did you get any of that, Paul?
3: I'm still angling for okay. one of the seventeen sideline jobs I okay. think they're gonna have in there. But, uh, they got I mean, some
0: cash, Paul.
3: Wolf, if you would call your guy Al Michaels on his flip phone and put a good word in for me, then maybe <laughs> I would have a gig. But yeah, that's. Uh,
0: Paulie, uh, listen, Al has upgraded to a smartphone. You know that. <laughs> I
3: see. There's, no, I don't because I'm down in the sideline grinding it out every game, and you guys are up there in the press box having halftime meals together. So, in fact, we'll get into the key. We'll get into the key to Super Bowl 56, and dare I say. It might be the itinerary at halftime, dot, dot, dot. Ooh, I like that ball. Uh, But this is a big addition because we have your guy, DeMarco Farr, the big former defensive lineman and Rams analyst. He is going to join us on this edition of the Big Red Rage. We'll get into everything Rams, everything about the matchup.
0: The original Aaron Donald yeah i might say paul
3: hey the guy had an 11 and a half sack season his second year in the league you know that uh and and you know what we're gonna get into what did not happen in the last two matchups for the arizona cardinals against his los angeles rams who once again the cardinals jack stopped in week four but that's neither here nor there because going on right now wolf among other things this week the pro bowl mm. in vegas so in fact, I hope you sold your condo in Hawaii years ago, because it's been a long time since the Pro Bowl has actually been in Hawaii and used to rent it out every Pro Bowl week.
0: Yeah, you know what? After A-Dub got five Pro Bowls, I, I <laughs> decided right. to sell it, Paul. Yeah, it was well- no- It wasn't of any value to me anymore. Because, you you know, when he had one Pro Bowl, I said, hey, Dub, when you get four, come talk to me. Right? And then he had two, and I was still talking trash. Then he had three, Paulie. And I said, hey, listen, I'm going to hang on to this condo. And then, of course, when he got four and then five, I sold it, Paul. (laughs)
3: Yes, you did. You you know what? You spoke it into existence, your own facial. (laughs) Adrian Wilson just fed it to you on that one as he eclipsed yours. While wearing the number 24, by the way. Yeah, you had to
0: bring that up, too.
3: Yeah taste that so cardinals at the pro bowl and uh you know you got kyler and you got chandler jones and you got Buddha baker and you got james connor and dj humphreys was an injury replacement a little bit later we're going to hear from james connor because we have a crew in vegas and you'll hear what he had to say not only about the season that was but about his cardinals future we'll get into that okay uh what'd you think of tom brady's retirement and this is going to be our segue into talking quarterbacks here but yeah. wolf a quick word on tom brady his retirement were you surprised and what do you think of I was first not, when you think of tb12
0: yeah you know what honestly i think of his professionalism i think of his on his his unbelievable professionalism and the fact that he played 22 years in the national football league those mm. those things are incredible 22 years in the NFL, and of course, how professional he was, Tom Brady. But I could see this coming. I don't know about you, Paulie. I said it at the time when he was talking about Giselle, and he was talking about seeing, seeing himself, basically, through Giselle's eyes, through his kids' eyes. When you start talking about others that you love and their perspective and caring about their perspective, and when you enunciate it in front of the world, like Tom Brady did, I think the handwriting was on the wall.
3: Yeah. And when he made that one comment about how he was satisfied with his career to date, that was telling. Yes. Right? And Paulie, C-
0: not only that, too, remember when he was talking about the safety issue in the way yep. it bothered Giselle? Yep. Who else said that? Yeah. Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner, Greybeard yep. said the same thing. Man, he- you put those two together, Paulie, it looked like he was done.
3: Here's the other connection to Kurt Warner, because when people ask about Tom Brady, yeah, we can cite all the stats and the rings and the Super Bowl MVPs and all that sort of stuff, and Kurt has a lot of those accolades as well. To me, it's something Bruce Arian said that is absolutely true. When he said about Tom Brady, and I quote, B.A., that Tom Brady quickly showed everyone in our organization what it meant to be the greatest. He set a standard, helped create a culture that took our team to the mountaintop. The best quarterbacks, Wolf, true or false, create a culture around that locker room in the organization and did kurt warner not do that once upon a time for an arizona cardinals organization that if you go back to 2008 might have been a little satisfied about just making the playoffs for a long you know first time in a long time and it's those guys who elevate the expectations and change the culture in an organization to me those are the greatest of all time
0: yeah paulie no that is a great observation by you because it really is the case with Franchise quarterbacks, franchise quarterbacks like a Kurt Warner, franchise quarterbacks that go out and impact their teammates and how they play. Boy, I'll tell you what, they are evident. When you look down through the annals of history in the National Football League and some of the quarterbacks like Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, look at the way they impacted guys. Tom Brady, I think, comes to mind first. Do you remember Tom Brady having a wide receiver uh, that went to 10, 12 Pro Bowls? Now, listen, he did have Gronk. Granted, he did have Gronk. There's no doubt about that, a tight end. But he didn't have a ton of talent around him on the perimeter, typically. He did have Randy Moss, of course. He had his great wide receivers. There's no doubt about that. Troy Brown comes to mind, but it wasn't like they were the the best receiver in the National Football League. And yet, Tom Brady put up incredible numbers.
3: Yeah, Tampa won a game down the stretch, a game-winning touchdown pass to Cyril Grayson in December. Remember that? I mean, that was the epitome of Tom Brady. Yeah. Just making it work. Yeah, Kurt Warner, fine, what? Third and 16, and he finds Steven Spock, right? <laughs> the four-string tight end for Pete's sake. And an absolute... If you're
0: open, he was going to throw it <laughs> yes. to you, Paul.
3: Yes, and now... You have a guy by the name of Joe Burrow in year number two. And when he wins a playoff game after getting sacked nine times, after he delivers the franchise's first ever road playoff win, and then he does it again on the road, and they're in the Super Bowl for the first time since 1988. And how can you not think of the quarterback who was selected the year before, also number one overall, and Kyler Murray? And Drew was on the Red Sea Report, former Cardinals quarterback, and he was talking with Craig Greelu, and they were talking about just Kyler Murray's potential to ascend like a Joe
4: Burrow. Kyler's definitely in that realm of possibility next year, right? That you look at everything, and, and I know that everybody's going to be frustrated, and we've talked about on the show before. Okay, so they get to 11 wins next year. Everybody's going to be like, well, when's the collapse coming? That's all outside noise, and, and when next year comes, you've got to be prepared for that. At the same time, Kyler has that ability to gravitate people and pull everybody along with him, and that's the most important part of leadership. People believe in Joe Burrow. People believe in Tom Brady. People believe in Matthew Stafford with the Los Angeles Rams. That's one of the biggest components of playing this position, that you're never out of a game because of who the signal caller is for you. Wolf, well, we've
3: seen that before. We've seen quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks for the Arizona Cardinals over the last 20 years that, you know what, the rest of the team didn't necessarily believe in didn't yeah. necessarily buy into so i thought that was a shrewd observation by by drew stan you can be the number one quarterback you can be an anointed a team captain you can you can be deemed a leader but guys gotta follow and that is so key
0: yeah and you know what honestly right now this is where kyler murray can continue to improve paulie there's no doubt about it listen when you juxtapose his rookie year with year number three, the improvement is dramatic in my in my opinion. That's just my opinion right there. He's got to continue to get better as a leader, continue to develop in all phases of becoming that franchise quarterback. He's got to do that next year as well, Paul. Listen, the, the one and four collapse, that's what I call it right now, because the one and four is worse than the four and seven. It is. From a winning percentage perspective, it's actually worse than that. So to me, I'm looking at the 1-4 and finish and then of course losing in the postseason, that playoff game you gotta own it and it starts with Kyler Murray owning it that's how you start to get better. He owns it and then the guy next to him and the guy next to him but Kyler's gotta lead them out of this funk that they're in right now just based on that 1-4 and finish and then the playoff game
3: Again, Kyler Murray up in Vegas getting ready for the Pro Bowl. A little bit later, we'll hear from James Conner on this edition of Big Red Rage. Up next, how about DeMarco Farr, Rams analyst, former Rams great defensive lineman. I mean, Wolf, you talk about a team evolving. Don't forget the Rams had 12 consecutive non-playoff seasons before Sean McVay arrived. And look at them now. Yep. And they may be on a run and poised to dominate the NFC. We'll talk about that and more. DeMarco Forrest next on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford. And Gilbert, we are Santan Ford.
2: Stafford lifts that left leg, calling to the snap, along the shot against a four-man rush, clean platform. He deals, left side, Cooper Cup in the end zone. He's a cheat code. Down Cooper Cup. Garoppolo pocket crumbling. He spins out. He's hit. He's wrapped up. He flips it forward. It's tipped. It's intercepted. It's intercepted. It's intercepted. Aaron Donald got pressure on Garoppolo and Craven Howard clinches the NFC Championship game. Stafford takes it with the knees. The Rams will be back to play in Super Bowl. 56 at SoFi Stadium, and they're one win away from a world title.
3: 20 to 17 was the final. The all NFC West, NFC Best, NFC Championship game. The Rams knock off the Niners 20 to 17. JB Long there from the Rams Radio Network. Speaking of the Rams Radio Network, Paul Calvisi, Ron Wolfley, it is the Big Red Rage with our very special guest who is no stranger to Super Bowls, let's see here. Um, <laughs> between his days, Wolf, as a standout D-lineman on those greatest show-on-turf teams, plus, plus as a broadcast analyst for the Rams, how many Super Bowls would it be now, DeMarco Bar? I'm maybe a little salty, <laughs> a little bit. How we doing, DeMarco, and how many Super Bowls is it now?
5: I'm good, I'm good, Paul. Wolf, what's happening, big dog?
0: What's going man. on, man? Thank I've you, DeMarco. Four.
5: I've got you down Ask for you four. Yeah, this, this is, is going to be your fourth. Rome, Man. Rome is awesome. It, 36, or excuse me, 34, we won. Uh, I was working <laughs> Super Bowl 36 when when the Rams got beat by the Patriots. Uh, and then back to Atlanta with Jared Goff uh, when the Patriots beat him again, and now this one. This will be number four. Absolutely, okay. unbelievable. And right? you're,
0: yes, and you're working again. Is that what you're saying? Is you rub yeah, it in? I'm
5: working again. You're back working
0: in. again. You know, aren't yes. you glad? Yeah, this is this is the one thing I want to say to you, Demarco. Aren't you glad you don't have to attend any Super Bowl parties? Oh my God! <laughs> right,
5: See, Wolf? Wolf, you know me so well. <laughs> <laughs> you're at I don't the party. To go to these things. I have no desire to be famous. Uh, you know, I just want to go to
0: work and go home.
3: Yes, <laughs> So exactly. Well, if you're, well, if you're saying DeMarco isn't a guy who's out there who wants no, to be seen, no, he
5: doesn't no, want to be... anymore. anymore. you got to add any more to that. Any more. Yes, <laughs> back right. in the day,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah, back in the day. Well, let's not tell those stories, shall we? <laughs>
5: I was skinny, had an earring, you know. Okay. <laughs> I
0: could still run. <laughs> he was the original Aaron Donald. That's what I'll tell you, Paulie, right mm. now. Oh, he was, man. oh, yeah. Mm. What you did know, you weigh, DeMarco? I- what did you weigh at that? that point in time 1995 yeah about 276 Um, 276.
5: to be honest I think
0: I had him outweighed back then
5: um he's 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 not as big as you think now there's no body fat on the guy I think inside of every 310 pounder is probably Aaron Donald a guy that has no body fat with that (laughs) work ethic you know what I mean but you know he's not very big we see the game from the same angle but you know I appreciate you calling me the first Aaron Donald but this guy's unreal really
1: yeah
3: Hey, we, you know, D.J. Humphreys, longtime host of the Big Red Rage, the Cardinals starting left tackle, he's at the Pro Bowl right now. He's told us more than once the first time he went up against 99, he stood out there on the field, he looked across the line of scrimmage, this is D.J. talking now, right, six, foot six saying, this guy's tiny, I'm going to smash this guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he got an education, right, as to what makes him maybe arguably the best player in the league. In fact, it, were you down on the sideline when Aaron Donald yep. – delivered the speech right that all the rams players credited with turning the tide when the rams were down 17-7 late third quarter what did he say what did that mean
5: i was right there when it happened they had just got scored on uh i think it was Kittle that got behind the defense and there was something because i was watching i was in the end zone or or towards the end zone when it happened and soon as he scored aaron donald snapped his head to the sideline and raised his hand like you know, something like maybe the body language was, why did you call that, or something. But immediately, Sean Robinson came down, and then Aaron Donald right behind him. They shoot away the coaches. They shoot away the trainers, everybody that's trying to get water, and they huddled everybody up. And Aaron went eye-to-eye, soul-to-soul, and looked everybody square in the eye and said, we are better than what we're showing. We're going to win this game because of us. It was awesome. And I told Wolf this, for years, A.D. was the worst interview we ever had because hmm. he refuses to talk about himself. He just wow. won't do it. Mm. So I am so glad in that moment he stepped outside himself and showed you what he's really like, what the players know, and let the world see it. This so awesome.
0: that's what I was going to ask you right there, DeMarco. Was this typical of him to do something like that? Is it typical yeah, of him? Yeah, just not when we are around. Yeah.
5: <laughs> um, you know, look, he's had to do it a few times this year. There was an issue with Jalen Ramsey and Taylor Rapp. They had gotten into it. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw it where Jalen kind of mushed him on the field and it yep. was almost a teammate fight. So yep. Aaron comes off the field. Taylor Rapp is fit to be tied. Even Raheem Morris can't calm him down. Aaron, uh, Aaron Donald put him in a headlock and started whispering to his ear. And that man, like, settled wow. down immediately wow. because wow. I think he had to. But it was leadership. So he went there, took care of that, and went to Jalen and talked to him and kind of squashed it. These guys are still mad but they played the rest of the game together because Aaron is the barn boss. It was
3: awesome. Wow. Well, I, I tell you what, Niners on their last three possessions after the Aaron Donald speech, they didn't cross midfield. So there you go. Yep. Yep. DeMarco Far is our guest on the Big Red Rage. Um, true or false? that when the Rams were in that three-game losing streak midseason, Sean McVay went back to the Todd Gurley offense. He got rid of or stopped leading the NFL and using four wide receiver sets, and he adjusted the offense, and And they haven't looked back ever since.
5: You know what's funny? He went old school. Um, the way they were playing, and I'll just go ahead and say Matthew Stafford, he was turning it over. Uh, there were some issues there. Um, if he could have taken the logos off the helmet, he would have. Like, you, you guys don't deserve these right now you're not playing football so it seemed like he took the offense away from the quarterback and started running the football with sony michelle uh, mm-hmm. we're going to go back to the basics run the football we're going to be a little more physically oriented and then we'll start to open it up as we go remember this football team changed three or four times bond miller comes on board that changes things then you get obj that changes mm-hmm. things. you lose robert woods that changed that changes a lot offensively so They had to retool, give him credit for going back to the basics, starting over, and then opening up the offense when it mattered most.
0: So right now, DeMarco, from the beginning of the season till right now, getting ready for Super Bowl 56, who's the most improved Ram?
5: The most improved? Well, give Eric Weddle credit, Wolf. I mean, this guy was on the (laughs) shelf, man.
3: I, mean, on the couch I, see, I mean, he's mean, can you even call come him improved, though? He, he I mean, led the team in tackles in the NFC Championship game two weeks removed from driving a minivan. He's been
5: playing less than a month. That's what I'm saying. I mean. <laughs> My God. And it looks like he never left. So, I mean, uh, that's incredible to watch. Most improved guy. Um, you know, it's been every single guy. I guess the offensive line, give them credit. Um, Leonard Floyd, Von Miller. Uh, started slow, he yeah. you know turned into a guy that's been a problem off the edge. A lot of guys. Um, Greg Gaines, I'll give you one. The nose tackle. He stepped in for Sebastian Joseph Day when he got hurt. He was the backup rotational guy. We didn't know how he was going to perform as the starter man. In some games, he was leading the charge with Aaron following him. So, um yeah, I'll give it to Greg Gaines. Okay. That, that has been a revelation.
3: All right, here, here, here's my question. Nobody's hiring me, and we're on board with DeMarco Far. by the way, on the Big Red Rage. Nobody's hiring me to coach, coach the 49ers, but how does Debo Samuel not touch the ball over the last 12-plus minutes of the game, that, and how does Cooper Cup get single coverage so often against the 49ers? How can Cooper Cup end up with 11 grabs for a buck 42 and two touchdowns in the NFC Championship game? How did they let him get off when he just won the triple crown of receiving? I did not understand okay. that.
5: First, give credit to McVeigh because it's where they put him. And uh, when we say masters of offense, they're really masters of defense. So they'll move him around, they'll motion, they'll get the matchup they want. Um, Eventually, look, every defense is going to have to go man. That's just the way it is, no matter who it is on the other side. Uh, But, look, if he gets in man coverage, he's going to win. Uh, If you zone him off, if you have two guys, bracket coverage, then they'll find a way to get him open. He can do just about anything. So, Uh, When you talk about Triple Crown, he deserves it. He's earned it. He is that guy. Um, Now, Debo, look, the one thing that did not happen in the last at least two or three games with Debo Samuel, you did not out-hit him. He was the bully. He was absolutely running through you. The 49ers needed six. He would get 12. I mean, just punish you. So, in this game, he got hit. He got hit hard. Nick Scott almost bisected him across the middle a great legal shot and that changed a lot that's something we haven't seen before so uh, i think debo may have been a little bit banged up coming in and he sure was sore in that game because they were coming after him this time
3: all right so guys drew stan former cardinals quarterback and a guy who won a ring last year with tampa teammate with tom brady was on the Red Sea Report this week. And, and here you go, DeMarco. This is an unknown key to Super Bowl 56 for the Rams. Listen to Drew Stanton and what he said and told Matthew Stafford what he did for the Rams and Matthew Stafford, his old teammate with the Detroit Lions.
4: The schedule that this is is so different. The people that can handle this, this two-week time period, those are the people that are that usually come out victorious. Because even last year when we were in Tampa, we practiced that extended halftime. And I was like, why are we doing I was like, oh, this makes sense. This is a 30-minute halftime or whatever it is for TV ads, all of those things. So no stone was left unturned with Tom Brady for this two-week time period. And I might have set that schedule to Matthew. Okay.
3: <laughs> How about that? So, Mark. TB12 secret info, courtesy of Drew Stan forwarded to Matthew Stafford there, DeMarco?
5: Smart. Uh, You know, I remember, and thank God, um, Wolf, because it was almost the same team that you were on. Yeah. Um, So we were young, and, you know, we we thought we knew everything. I'm so glad we had one week between NFC Championship game and Super Bowl. Two weeks would have been too much. We might have lost it. Um, But that is a real thing. You're here in L.A., you're in your hometown, you've got to keep these guys motivated and focused on the football game. Uh, That Super Bowl 36 when the Rams lost to the Patriots, the one thing I hear internally is uh, they saw some of the Rams players out the night before the game, like they already had it won in their head. So this will be something different. But, yeah, um, being in the locker room in Atlanta for halftime, it's weird because everything is by rote in football. So you come in, get your Gatorade, get your adjustments, say a few rah-rahs, and then you hear two minutes go back to the field. Well, this was different. You're ready to go back out, and you're not even halfway. So I saw guys for the first time take their pads off at halftime. Wow. That's how much time we had. So it's like two different games. The first half is one game. You'll get a long break, and then you've got to come back and play the second half.
0: And by the way, you were young back then. I was, I believe I had 3,500 wedge busts at that point in time.
5: Well, I was, I was young and you were young acting.
0: <laughs> so how many coaches can you guys continue to lose and wow. still be viable?
5: Mm. Oh, man, I, I, I don't know. Uh, but it looks like we're going to lose a few again. But, man. you know, it's that McVay factor. I mean, think about this, right? He is an old soul the coaches we grew up with, the grinders, the guys that used to have cots next to their office, you know what it is when you see a coach like that. Uh, It's intense. Well, he embraces that at 30 years of age. Uh, So it's round the clock, nothing but ball. So that's going to attract good players, players that want to win, and also coaches too. So Give the players credit for getting to the Super Bowl, but give those coaches credit as well. I mean, they really have developed a lot of talent and uh, helped their better players, their good players, get even better. So, yeah, I mean, you're going to lose some, but you're also going to gain some too.
3: I mean – Pre Sean McVay, the Rams had had 13 consecutive non-winning seasons. Think about that. And and the Rams left tackle, as you know, Demarco, is still four years older than Sean McVay, Andrew Whitworth. So that that's hilarious. Every and by the way, Andrew Whitworth in the three games against the Cardinals only gave up. The one sack and one quarterback hit to Chandler Jones. That that oh. was an underrated key. I want to go.
5: I swear, every time I see Witt play and shut somebody out, I mean, just absolutely be- befuddle a guy with these old man moves. I want to go apologize to the guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, yes. Look, it's, it's nothing personal. The guy has seen you a thousand times over. Really, DeMar- keep working on your moves. They will work against somebody that don't know they're coming. But he's seen <laughs> you like three times by now.
0: DeMarco, love you, brother. Thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. We'll talk to you down the road. Okay, big guy? All right, man. Talk to you guys soon.
3: Thanks. Thanks, DeMarco. Good luck on Super Sunday. We'll come back and continue with a Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert.
2: Handoff, Connor, off the right side. He breaks a tackle at the 10, to the 5, and into the end zone for the touchdown. James Connor from 13 yards out. And the Cardinals strike first here at Santa Clara. A great read by James Connor. Touchdown and a bloody nose. Snap to McCoy. Handoff, Connor up the middle. Plows forward into the end zone for the touchdown. Second of the day for James Connor. Lower the plow and hit the gas, baby. Snap to McCoy. In trouble as he backs up, and it's a screen to the right to Connor. He caught it at the 40. Turns right to the 30. Back to the left to the 20. Connor to the 10. To the five and into the end zone for the touchdown. James Connor with his third touchdown of the day. This one three the air and the Cardinals lead at it 23 to 7.
3: It's also the one-handed catch and racing down the sideline at Soldier Field. James Conner housing that one that Had his uh, play caller and head coach racing down to hug him in the uh, end zone as he came screaming down the sideline, Cliff Kingsbury. But you know what? Three touchdowns at the 49ers this past season. Three of his 18 total touchdowns, number three in the NFL. He also had a couple of rushing touchdowns there. He had 15 on the year, as you know, Wolf, number two in the nfl and james Conner is one of many pending free agents for the arizona cardinals as they get into the 2022 offseason it is the big red rage paul calvisi ron wolfley special thanks to demarco far your guy always great to uh, connect with the rams broadcast analyst and uh you know what James Conner, when he was healthy, was definitely a handful against the Rams. There's no doubt about it. I mean, Wolf, if you're making your list and checking it twice, where does he rate in terms of important guys you want to see in uniform for the Cardinals next
0: year? Yeah, we've talked about this, Polly, from time to time, and there's no doubt about it. I think James Conner is the epitome of what Steve Kime wants this football team to develop into, what Cliff Kingsbury wants this football team to develop into as well you got to be tough, you got to be physical, you got to be talented. You look at the talent, the talent of James Conner. It is undeniable to watch him go about his business. you got to be tough. Boy, watch him truck somebody as he runs the ball. No doubt about it, he is physical, he is talented, he is tough. And this is a guy I think is a key to going forward. He's only 27 years old. Right now, he's only 27, Paul. You know what? If you can get him on a three-year deal, man, and bring him back, I don't see James Conner taking a step back.
3: He's only a year older than Chase Edmonds. You know, he, he's, yeah, not, he's right. not some running back who was in his 30s and the Cardinals snagged him on a one-year deal. No, he is still in his prime, and there he is at the Pro Bowl. In fact, uh, there was our crew up there, including our Danny Sreck, talking to him earlier today, and they discussed the end of the season and then what lies straight ahead.
5: Just missing the game, you know, and just how we went out. It is not the way we wanted it to end. You know, we had so much talent on our team, but, uh, you know, we just fight through and, you know, just uh, try to regroup and, and get back and get another shot out of the next year. You're a pending free agent. What's yeah. your mindset as you approach that, whether continuing to be an Arizona Cardinal or right. maybe test the market? Right, well, you know, just with AZ, the opportunity that they gave me, you know, and just the uh, relationships I built there. You know, I would love to continue out there. Um, but, yeah, free agent, so I'm excited to see what's next. You know, man of faith, so I know it'll all work out for me.
3: There you go, Danny Sarek. That'll be part of her sideline exchange. We'll see soon on azcardinals.com. But I'm with you, Wolf. There, there's, a, there's a number, a small number of players who aren't just playmakers – they're a mentality. The Buddha Bakers, yeah. the the James Connors, yep. the J.J. Watts, the Rodney Hudson's, the guys that just command so much respect and 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 the guys that you hope the rest of the locker room patterns their game mentality after, and James Conner is one of those guys.
0: You know what's amazing about it as well, Polly. Yeah, James Conner is one of those guys, and I do believe that's got to be a priority to go out and bring him back as a free agent. But it's interesting, five pro bowlers the Arizona Cardinals have, and three of those positions are at the elite positions in the National Football League when you stop and think about it. You've got Kyler Murray, who is quarterback. I think we'd all agree, right there. That is an elite position. You got Chandler Jones, who's coming off the edge. You've got um, Buda Baker. No, you got DJ Humphreys as the offensive tackle, the left tackle, right there going as well. It speaks to the talent that I think is still on this team. Buda Baker, Buda Baker, and playing safety is is kind of the new corner in this new age of blending the old and the new, and Buddha Baker certainly is an incredible talent for the Cardinals.
3: Look, a different player than a Jalen Ramsey, but look at Jalen Ramsey. I, I saw where Jamar Chase and some of the Bengals receivers were talking about how when they're watching film of the Rams, they can't believe how he's playing everywhere. They have We know that. He's playing outside. He's playing inside in the slot. Sometimes he's following and traveling a certain receiver. Other times they have him deployed in zone. He's sort of like a rover. It's interesting how you know the Rams are using a talent like Jalen Ramsey. But, you know, Wolf, you have – these sort of guys, and, and there they are up in the Pro Bowl, and then you realize, and you talk to DeMarco Farr, if there's going to be change in the NFC, for example, Tom Brady retired, he gone. The G and Jimmy G going to stand for gone, right, if they're going to go at Trey Lance. If Aaron Rodgers goes to Denver, it could easily be the Niner, the Cardinals, the Cowboys, and the Rams as the three dominant teams left standing in the NFC. But... Mm-hmm. There could be a lot of change starting in yeah. mid March between now and Cardinals training camp. So you just have no way to forecast
0: what I, is
2: this roster going to look
0: like. I know, Paulie, and that's exactly what I was going to say. I was going to continue my thought about the talent on this team and yet, again, how they finished, how they finished the season. And I know there's been a lot of conversation about that. But you've the, the talent, I guess, what I'm saying in my point is the talent is here, man. And yet, what kind of changes are coming?
3: What kind of changes have to come? Think about it. DeAndre Hopkins' cap number goes from 12.5 to 25. J.J. Watt goes from basically 5 to 16. Buddha Baker goes from 7.8 to 14.8. Rodney Hudson goes from 2.9 to 12.5. So, yeah. And you got and you got a Cardinals team that right now, OverTheCap.com, says they're over the cap. So there's going to be a, a lot of hard decisions and uh, you know you want to try and run this back like tampa did a year ago to at least a large degree you would think especially to your point you have five pro bowlers up there but is chandler jones really in the plans next year doesn't that feel a lot like we sort of thought patrick peterson was this time a year ago you know
0: yeah no you're right about that paulie once again uh this is going to be a situation where the cardinals how do they get better what do they have to do? I, I don't know, Pauly, I've talked to you about this, but I never have gotten your opinion in regard to how the season ended and whether or not you lay that at the feet of the offense of the Arizona Cardinals. Is it more at the feet of the offense or the defense to you? The 1-4 finish, and then, of course, the playoff game. To me, it is the offense. It is. It's been the strength of this team. It is the strength of your head coach as well it is the offense and that starts with kyla murray getting better and then it's d hop getting back and then i think number three unfortunately it's max williams (laughs) It's it's Max Williams, because right now, I doubt they're going to start the season with Max Williams. they got to find a dual-threat tight end. And when I say dual-threat tight end, I'm talking about a tight end that can catch the ball, might not be his strength, but he can also block and do it at the
3: point of attack. This team, look, we can talk about how they lost five of the last six, including the playoff loss, but if you want to zoom out, without DeAndre Hopkins, they won two of their last seven. There was just something missing that they could not replace without DeAndre Hopkins.
0: And I said it at the time, Polly, I thought they were going to be okay. I thought they were going to be fine, and it was because of how they were running the ball. But once again, you, you, how many times did I reference the run rate for the Arizona Cardinals? Listen, they've got a lot of improving they've got to do if, in fact, they want to get back to where they were when they were 10-2 and two after 12 weeks of the season.
3: And the, the other thing about that Cardinals team this past season, um, they were not big time in prime time. They went zero for four. Yeah, right. Under the lights, and so and Kyler Murray definitely didn't play his best ball in prime time. He had one touchdown pass and six interceptions. So you know we can give our opinion as to whether we laid it at the feet of the offense, but based especially on that playoff game, that sideline had the vibe of a team that didn't necessarily believe. In the offense. Yeah. And we've been there before, have we not? And so, yeah, if that team doesn't have supreme belief and how the offense is, if you get down more than 10 points and guys figure it's done because you can't move the ball or get into the end zone, then, yes, that is something you have to address. There's no doubt about it.
0: And, Paulie, we come all the way back. We come full circle to James Conner once again. And James Conner, I think he's going to get some activity from the outside ball. I think he's going to be a free agent where he's going to get some serious activity, and I don't know exactly what he's going to make, but if somebody told me that James Conner was going to make $8 million a year, I'd believe it.
3: Yeah, And he made less than two with the Arizona Cardinals this past season. I mean, it was an outstanding signing from every single angle. You know, Chase Edmonds, is he going to break the bank? I don't think so. I I think there's probably better potential Chase Edmonds is back, just considering how cap-restricted the Cardinals are than James Conner. There are enough teams with enough cap room, and I think James Conner will be attractive enough. He'll probably get an offer he can't refuse, and as a running back, you you just can't turn down those contracts, as you know. So, on the other hand, how successful have teams been getting guys on a one-year deal have come in as a veteran running back and made an impact? So I'm guessing Steve Keim has his eye on the crop of running backs in this year's class, just like he did a year ago with James Conner. Hey, to catch up on past episodes of the Day Pash Podcast, you can follow along via your preferred podcast provider or on Twitter at pod We'll talk about the Super Bowl next on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert.
2: attempt for Cincinnati, snap, placement, McPherson, kick on the way, it's good, McPherson knocks it through and the fairy tale continues for the Cincinnati Bengals, they are
1: going to the Super Bowl. Garoppolo in the gun, the snap, the front back, the five man rush, he's hit once, he bounces, he's hit again, he's sacked, no, he threw it away. big names and took a big gamble have gotten a huge, huge payoff. They're going to the Super Bowl, and they're going to take on the surprising Cincinnati Bengals here in Los Angeles in Super Bowl 56.
3: It's Kevin Arlen there. The final calls on Westwood 1, as Von Miller told his Rams teammates this week ahead of Super Bowl 56 and I quote we're one win away from football heaven. Von Miller and you want to call the Bengals surprising? Um, let's see, Ron Wolfley. Cincinnati held Patrick Mahomes and KC to a measly three points and 83 yards on seven drives in the second half and in overtime, mm. including two picks of Patrick Mahomes. And they won the AFC title game 27 24 after trailing at the half 21 to three. Think about that, or at least trailing in the first half 21 to three. Just think of, and you know what? I'll just say this right here. Uh, Joe Burrow in his second year looked more capable and yes. confident in the moment than Patrick Mahomes. And if we now fast forward to next Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, and you have Matthew Stafford in year 13, Joe Burrow, Joe Cool in year two, Which quarterback do you feel more confident in (laughs) to handle the spotlight and the magnitude of the moment? Because I'm rolling with Joe Burrow.
0: Paulie, I feel exactly the same way. I really do. You know, listen, Matthew Stafford, he's got my respect. Um... I never thought he was a pressure quarterback. I never thought he was a big-game quarterback. I, I didn't. He's he's proving me wrong in taking the Rams, of course, to the Super Bowl here. I know that he's got an awful lot of help, but, man, watching him play, there's still this seedling of doubt yes. that is there. Yes. When you watch him, you know, and, and guys – are out there, Joukowsky Tart, when he dropped that ball, you know, listen, I know that wouldn't have ended the game, but man, it could have really put the Rams in a very, very difficult position right there. I do trust Joe Burrow more, and I think one of the big keys to Super Bowl 56 is keeping him clean, and can the Bengals do that with that offensive line against that defensive line? A nine sack game they actually won in the postseason. Nine sacks against Tennessee. Stop it. That's impossible. Yeah. If that happens again, there's no way the Bengals are gonna win this game, if in fact the Rams can sack him nine times. Yep,
3: yeah, Simmons and company for Tennessee was able to do that. Uh look out, right, for Aaron Donald and and Bon Miller and even Greg Gaines. Uh, your DeMarco Farr talk about him. So yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, but Then again, Sean McVay has this way of getting his guys open. I mean, how does Cooper Cup get eleven grabs for a buck forty-two touchdowns? How does OBJ then also have nine grabs for a buck thirteen? The Cardinals experienced this in week fourteen when Cooper Cup they made the adjustments. He had fourteen grabs in that game against the Cardinals, obviously killed him in the playoff game again. You know, Drew Stan said this week on the Red Sea report, the former Cardinals quarterback, that that how gutsy it was of Todd Bowles to go cover zero on the big hitter <laughs> down the middle but the mistake might have been is that the bucks defense didn't realize or maybe didn't give cooper cup enough credit that he can read coverage. Yes. And so he knew more than anyone along with Matthew Stafford that okay, there's an opportunity straight down the middle and then they had a safety and he couldn't keep up with them and ball game right there. Yes. So and that's
0: uh, the other thing too, Polly, right here, Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup the matchup of of this game could be Cooper Cup Versus the Bengals secondary. You know, listen, the O-line, D-line. I think we'd all agree right there. The offensive line of the Bengals and the defensive line of the Rams. That's where I'm going to start when you start talking about the matchups in Super Bowl 56. Then you've got Jamar Chase v. Jalen Ramsey. Is he going to ghost Jamar Chase? (laughs) This This is something I cannot wait to see what they do. Raheem Morris, if in fact he chooses to ghost Jamar Chase with Jalen Ramsey. Will he do that? And then Cooper Cup versus that Bengals secondary, which has been getting better all season long. But man, for the most part, that wasn't a necessary strength of the Bengals all season.
3: Yeah, the Rams' worst loss all year, arguably, was week four against the Cardinals. What did the Cardinals do in that game at L.A.? They took Cooper Cup out of the game. He had five catches on 13 targets. He was a total non-factor.
4: Speaking of Drew Stan, here's his opinion on what Super Bowl 56 will come down to. The Bengals have just as good a chance. I know the line opened to, what, three and a half. But it's like, okay, that can go whichever way you want. And obviously, there were seven-point underdogs before. Right. So you throw all that out, and it's the preparation. It's who can stay in the moment. And Joe Burrow has shown he has the results resiliency to overcome i mean he stands in there and continues to make throws but matthew's capable of doing the same thing who can protect the football and who can make the big plays that's it
3: and that was on the red sea report yeah and you know i honestly had not heard that until that moment so okay so that's that's three of us we're all rolling with joe burrow put it this way (laughs) the rams are going to be facing a far different quarterback than they saw in jimmy g here's the stat in the fourth quarter of his (laughs) six postseason starts jimmy g zero passing touchdowns, three interceptions, and a QBR of 28. Yeah. So it's going to be a bigger challenge let's just say joe burrow against that rams defense in the clutch than jimmy g
0: paulie what was the halftime adjustment what was that stat that you gave me what was that at the start the show paul okay
3: so patrick mahomes in the first half qbr the espn quarterback rating takes everything into account it's zero to 100 he was 98 in the first half his <laughs> second half qbr was 1.4 <laughs> it's the biggest gap in That's the history of the stat. Unbelievable. I mean and 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 the halftime adjustment was dropping eight and rushing three 50 percent of the time
0: incredible man it truly was this is this is going to be a good Super Bowl Paul I believe that I don't think it's going to be a blowout at all this is going to be this is going to be a contested Super Bowl
3: And, and I think the Bengals players they appreciate the moment NFL films released some the footage at the end of the game jamar chase some of the other players were crying when that game-winning field goal went through in overtime so i think they're embracing the moment there's no doubt about that no doubt we appreciate demarco far the rams analyst for joining us here special thanks as always jim Almondro, cody fincher for ron wolfley on paul calvici this has been the big red rage presented by santan ford and gilbert
2: char